Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Doug Terrell History and Comment. Hello friends, I'm Doug Terrell. This is History and Comment for Thursday, the 15th day of September 2022. It seems reasonable to proclaim that we are now in the season of pumpkin and hoodies. In 1789, that is the period where the government as we know it today was setting up, Congress changes the name of the Department of Foreign Affairs to the Department of State. We can say, as we know it today, but so much has changed in 233 years that the original intent is hardly recognizable. Part of that is the cancerous growth of government, and the second is the world is not the same place that existed then. For one, communication and travel have spread influence around the world, and world events are much more personal than they were then. News from London or any of Europe took weeks to arrive. It would have been fair to say that a person's world, in quotes, was only a few miles across. Today we can have live video from anywhere in the world in our pockets. This is the main objection I have to libertarians. I'm all about small government, but things that would work even in the mid-19th century just will not work today. Drugs would be one example. Government has done a horrible and expensive job trying to curtail their use. Some would argue just to let people go. I'm fine with that until it begins to cost me something. For one, I don't want impaired drivers on my road, so society as a whole says no. That is a perfect function of society, and government in theory enforces what society wants. I said in theory. Novelist James Fenmore Cooper was born in 1789. He wrote a number of romantic novels set in the colonial period. The last of the Mohicans is the most remembered. Since we like to deal in trivia, the nickname for the MASH character, Hawkeye Pierce, was derived from the last of the Mohicans' lead character. The other day we reported on the first automobile accident, today the first railway accident. British Member of Parliament William Huckinson is struck and killed by the steam locomotive rocket in 1830. This might also reflect on the wisdom of government. The rocket was noisy and had an average speed of 12 miles per hour. Actually, details of the event are known, and they look more like a scene from the Keystone Cops. Huckison is known to be rather clumsy. Charles Darwin aboard the HMS Beagle reaches the Galapagos Islands in 1835. There he will observe the wildlife and make a dreadfully wrong conclusion. Not fully understanding the nature of population genetics, or even genetics in general, Natural selection may shift the percentage of a trait in a population, but almost never completely removes it. For that to happen, the trait needs to be fatal before an individual can produce offspring. He also did not account for the fact that mutations are nearly always detrimental and often fatal. The math just does not work. 27th President William Howard Taft is born in 1857. He served as president from 1909 to 1913, then was appointed Chief Justice of the Supreme Court in 1921. English crime novelist Agatha Christie is born in 1890. The records folks at Guinness consider her the best-selling fiction writer of all time, selling over 2 billion copies. Singer, songwriter, fiddler, and major personality on the Grand Ole Opry, Roy Acuff was born in 1903. The German parliament is on a terror in 1935. They passed the Nuremberg Laws that basically deprive German Jews of citizenship. The law was quite specific. If a person had more than two grandparents who were Jewish, they were not considered citizens. If they were less, 
but practiced the Jewish religion, they were also ostracized. Defensive linemen in football don't often get in the spotlight. That was not true for Merlin Olson. He played 15 seasons with the Los Angeles Rams, was a 14-time Pro Bowl player, which puts him on a short list. Tom Brady is at the top with just 15. After his playing days, he appeared in a few films and television series in the late 70s and early 80s, including Little House on the Prairie and Father Murphy. Fire sweeps the wooden hangars at the air station south of Miami in 1945, destroying 366 airplanes and 25 blimps. The fire was caused by a hurricane striking the area. Nikita Khrushchev becomes the first Soviet leader to visit the United States in 1959. He impressed the American people more than he impressed President Eisenhower. It's easy for a photo op to show a human side and hide the nastiness of policy. A closer examination may show that Khrushchev was a slight bit more moderate, certainly than his predecessor, Joseph Stalin, or his successor, Leonid Brezhnev. Events are leading up to the Cuban Missile Crisis between Khrushchev and President Kennedy in 1962. Words and symbolic actions are always the order of the day. In response to a sniper attack in Texas, President Johnson sends a letter to Congress urging gun control legislation in 1967. What most folks fail to realize is that bad people will always find a way to harm good people unless they are neutralized. If they intend deadly force, then neutralized means killed. The simple fact of human nature is good folks are more interested in not getting involved and ignoring clear wrongs rather than making a stand for what is right. Muhammad Ali wins the world heavyweight title for the third time in 1978. The early locomotive, the John Bull, first steamed on this day in 1831. For her 150th birthday, the Smithsonian Institute brought her out for a short run in 1981, making her the oldest operating steam locomotive. Lehman Brothers files for bankruptcy in 2008, bringing to an end the company that was founded as a dry goods store in Alabama in 1850. The first expansion outside of retail was when they began taking raw cotton as payment for goods. That led to cotton trading and the game was on. They opened a New York office in 1858. The other day, I was looking back at some recordings of Rush Limbaugh. He was quoted as saying he read as many as eight newspapers per day, and the fact that he was a voracious reader was widely reported. That is an art that sadly has been lost on society today. In the electronic age, we have a wealth of information at our fingertips, yet we have devolved into playing mindless games. Television has long been called a vast wasteland, where programming is to the lowest common denominator. One joke is... It's called a medium because it's neither rare nor well done. As a society, we have become a slothful, drooling mass simply because it's easier to be entertained with flashing lights than use our minds to process a story from the printed page. The latter is known to foster creativity. If you read a story, you will instantly form a mental image as you read, while in contrast, if you watch a production of the same story, the image is fed to you. Yes, the former is easier, but what is gained? I would propose that as a society, even Hollywood is suffering from itself. Look at the storylines created back three or four decades ago. Then compare it to today. There are a few fresh, conceptual storylines, but frequent remakes. We could also consider the music industry. How many songs really contain a fresh idea, as opposed to just another version of self-indulgence, let's go party and be wild. 
The idea can also be applied to a wide range of thought processes. Many of our founding fathers or great minds of the previous 200 years were poorly educated by modern standards, yet were great thinkers. They had a long exposure to books and reading. Yes, it's a bit more difficult to apply oneself to words on a printed page, but the effects are significantly greater than drooling before a box with flickering lights. That's history and comment for the 15th day of September. I'm Doug Terrell. Now go do something worth remembering.